Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. It is Thursday, I'm reasonably sure, Jay. Uh, I'm Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer, Jay Posner. <gasps> Sports editor sitting across from me, or I should say me sitting across from you, Jay. Kevin, this is, what a treat. You you walking into the office today and immediately saying, wow, everybody moved. And it was like, yeah, Kevin, that was like months ago. But, but thanks for noticing anyway. Where have I been? It's always good to have you. In the office here mm. on a rainy Thursday, of all things, although I do believe it's supposed to be okay before the game tonight. Padres Pirates start a four-game series, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is a little bit rare, so that's why we're doing this on a Thursday. So will it be exactly what the Padres need? And first off, I want to say, if my math is correct, they went 500 with the stretch of games beginning with the – who was before the Nationals? It was a stretch where we said, you know what, this is going to be tough for the Padres. I just remember that. And and the fact is, for even though it's been down and 500 is not what they were going into that, the, the that was start. Well, they started with Seattle. There we go. And they won the first four, two against Seattle, two against Washington. Right. So then they had Atlanta, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Rockies, the Dodgers again. They haven't added it up, but that sounds about right. And and we're talking about the Dodgers and Rockies in there, who they have a losing record against. Well, they're two and eight against those two teams they're 20 and 13 against everybody else so there you go so you know the, those two teams are better than they are there's that i mean that's the way it goes it doesn't mean they can't win games against them occasionally they they won a game against the dodgers here they won a game against the rockies the other night joey lucchese pitched very well at coors but time after time if they play a lot of games against the dodgers and rockies they are going to lose more games than they win against those teams the key is 20 and 13 against everybody else and everybody else includes teams like the Pirates who are not very good. Their record is is okay. They're 21 and 19. Their run differential is minus 47. That tells me they're not that they're kind of hanging by a thread. This but they do have some good players. It doesn't mean that, you know, the Padres are going to walk out there win 3 out of 4 automatically. Let's cover that series real quick mm-hmm. first before we get into what we want to do is sort of a quarterly report. Right. With this podcast, the Padres have played 43 games so far, so barely past the quarter mark of the season. But I'll switch over to my notes page with the... I can hear with, it, Jay. The, now with, that I'm here with, with the, you, with I can the, hear it. Yeah. Pirates' best pitcher, Kevin, is... Trevor Williamson. Jordan Lyles. Oh, okay. Is it Williams? It's Trevor Williams will pitch Williams. tonight. He's pitching San tonight. Diego kid, Rancho Bernardo. Yeah. Jordan Lyles, who's been their best pitcher, 2.09 ERA for Jordan Lyles. He'll he'll go tomorrow, and then Joe Musgrove, another local kid from East County, is scheduled to pitch on Sunday. I actually saw Joe Musgrove pitch in Pittsburgh two weeks ago. He entered the game with like a 1-6 ERA, didn't get out of the third inning. He was awful, had another awful start after that. Last week, seven innings, one hit ball. So which kid will show up this weekend at Petco? You know, probably the kid who pitched seven innings of one hit ball. So I want to bring up Jordan Lyles, who does pitch after Trevor Williams uh, tonight. So Jordan Lyles tomorrow. Jeff Sanders maybe thought I was joking. He texted me this morning. I didn't really I, – I got back to him a little, but not really because I got in late last night from L.A. and, and it was early. I don't know what Jeff was doing up. But anyway, he said, what should I write about Friday? Because uh, I'm not – I'm going to skip Friday. All right? Yep, I'm you're sorry. Skipping a, I'm you're skip, skipping Jordan skip Lyles? Mr. Almost Perfecto? Yeah. So, and I said, Jordan Lyles. And he maybe thought I was joking, right? Jordan Lyles not the greatest talker. Jordan Lyles wasn't here that long. I think an interesting topic, and it's very simply explained. How much could Jordan Lyles help the Padres this year based on where they're at with their starting rotation? Absolutely. Right. 
The reason Jordan Lyles isn't here is because this is so much more than about this year. That's why last August he was you know put on waivers and, and they let him go. It's like, yes, Jordan Lyles, not great, but he could eat innings for them. Sure. But that's not what the Padres are about right now. They're about, let's see, Nick Margavichis. Let's see Chris Paddock, obviously. Let's find out for real what Eric Lauer, Joey Lucchese are about. So I wanted to get that out of the right. way. Because, okay. hey, I like Jordan Lyles. Uh-huh. That guy's good. Yeah. No, okay. I mean, that was one of the most memorable days of the season last year was sitting out there and thinking, wait a minute, Jordan Lyles is pitching a perfect game. Can this actually happen? And it it almost did. What would Kirk Kinney have written about today? I know. We wouldn't have had that. I hope everybody caught the stories on the no-hitters and the near-misses and more agony from this franchise. But real quick on the Pirates, don't want to get too deep into that bullpen. Felipe Vasquez has been phenomenal this year. One earned run in 18 and two-thirds with 30 strikeouts. So probably not a guy you want to see come in with the game on the line. I think the Padres did beat him last year. Mm-hmm. I uh, remember that in, in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Uh, Liriano's been good. Kyle Crick, lowest average exit velocity against in the major leagues this year. Mm-hmm. You could score two so, runs on low exit velocity, though. That's right. I think, I think we saw that. <laughs> I think we saw that last night. And then we need to see Josh Bell, who has uh, been one of the best hitters in baseball this year, uh, slugging almost 700. Uh, and that is very good. So. <laughs> it is very good. No one around here would know that, That's but right. it would be very good. Yeah, I mean, it's like impressive with that the, the, the Padres have a couple of guys slugging around 560, 570, but Josh Bell is close to 700 mm. uh, right now for the Pirates, so he's definitely someone to watch out for. And then another local kid who's been good off the bench, Kevin Newman from Poway, has been good for, uh, for the Pirates. But uh, let's get to what we talked about doing today, which is to break down the Padres through the first quarter of the season, 22 and 21. They've been as much as, what, 11 and 5 was their high water mark? It was the high water mark the first 16 games, obviously. Right. Because that's what 11 plus 5 is, Jay. Okay. Got uh, that. And, uh, and then they've gotten back up to four games above, right? Right. They got their run differential positive. Now, I, what is it, minus 16? It is. Okay. It is. So, uh, where, so what does that mean to you, Jay? It means that right now that this team is about what I thought it would be. Amen. Right around 500. Uh, I mentioned the other day, 80, 81, 82 wins. If you said that at the start of the year, I would say, hey, that's a pretty good season. That's about what I would have expected. They don't have to play the Dodgers or the Rockies coming up. There are some other decent teams that they do have to play. I mean, you can't play bad teams all the time. But I, I think this team, has they're going to have their ups and downs. They're going to have their 11 and 5s. They're going to have their stretches, you know, 2 and 8 against the Rockies and the Dodgers. Yeah. And I think the one surprise, and we, we've touched on this a little bit, is the pitching. Starting pitching has been pretty good, uh, phenomenal with two guys. Paddock's been off the charts, even with his game the other night. Uh, Matt Strom pitched really well again last night, uh, victimized by, you know, three cheap hits that got two runs. Uh, one bad pitch, and you could argue it wasn't terrible. But yeah. it was, you know, a slider that he left up, and he knew it. Other than that, that's what the Dodgers are, man. Yeah. I mean, They're he good. held the Dodgers to two runs. I, I think yeah. I think most teams would take that. Hey, our starting pitcher is going to hold the Dodgers to two runs. That was uh, that was pretty good. Uh, the bullpen has leaked more holes than I think we thought it would. And the offense has not been what we thought it would. So where do, where do you want to start? Well, I want to say that that pitching, and, and, and it could be, again, you need a longer stretch than a, a week or even two. Uh, in some cases, even three. You need a you need a month or month and a half just to really get a trend in a baseball season. But the Padres have been concerned that they've left wins on the table because this pitching 
would come back to earth. They, they're going to run out of innings, right? right. They're, Nick Margavichis is going to get hit around a little bit, right? Everyone is. And that's sort of shown over the last week or so. Right. And so, right. and I know Coors Field was in there, but the, the signs that, uh-oh, you know, maybe you should start hitting to help your guys win uh, it, it, are showing up. Well, all the starters are averaging, I think they've all pitched eight games maybe, the, they the, all have. the main guys, mm-hmm. and they're all averaging between five and five and two-thirds per start. That's about where you would want Paddock and Strom to be based on their limits. It's not where you would want Lauer and Lucchese to be. They're the innings leaders, not good. Right. You would hope that Lauer and Lucchese would have been better, especially Lauer. Um, You know, he he has had bad innings and too many of them and bad outings. And if you take away the six shutout on opening day, his numbers are really approaching ugly territory. So we might as well start with with the rotation and... Again, not much more you can say about Paddock. You know, learning experience the other night. I wouldn't say he was terrible. Got a bad break with the Machado error that kind of, you know, led to things. But he threw a couple of really bad pitches to Jock Peterson. I think hit the uh, fastball. The fastball. And Bellinger hit the changeup. And that was like... I don't know to stay with that changeup and hit it like that. That's a really good hit. It was, but, but it, it was, wasn't. A but great it was. Pitch. It wasn't yes. a great pitch. It was up higher than right. I'm sure that that Paddock would want it to. Oh be. no, that was the thing. And here's but, the deal. But you can't make. You know, that's the thing. You're going to make mistakes, and a lot of times you're going to get away with them. Most of the time against the Dodgers, and especially right now against those two guys and the power that they've shown, you're not going to get away with it. So Chris Paddock basically only threw fastball changeup against the Mets. Goes seven and two-thirds innings and was never threatened, right? right? Strikes out 11. If you had asked me before the game, you have to choose because if you get the wrong answer, you're going to die, okay? (laughs) What's going to happen in the game? And the choice, one of the choices you gave me was the Dodgers are going to make him throw too many pitches and run in front of the game early. That would have been my choice because he's not confident enough in the curveball yet to really throw it. He doesn't have that conviction. We well, threw eight of them, and seven of them were balls against the Dodgers. Two pitches, when they're not their sharpest against the Dodgers, that's what happened. Right. He wasn't terrible. It was the Dodgers. Yeah, and, and he was unable to put guys away the way that he's put away yeah. most hitters on most teams. He's put guys away. The Dodgers, I think, had more than 20 foul balls the other night, but we talked about this two days ago. That's what the Dodgers do. And they grinded again last night. They knocked, you know, Strom only went five yeah. last night because the Dodgers are really good. And you can't judge the Padres based on how they fare against the Dodgers. You have to judge the season as a whole. The Padres are not a better team than the Dodgers. They are not going to be a better team than the Dodgers this year. Probably are not going to be a better team than the Dodgers next year. And the way some of these guys are going, it, they may not be a better team than the Dodgers for several years. But we'll we'll get to that. But the Dodgers are just better than they are mm-hmm. right now, and they had a couple chances to beat them at Petco, let you know, and let a couple leads get away. You know, these games were were again they had their chances. They had a couple chances the other night where a big hit gets them back to like six five. Last night they're only down two nothing. As we've seen, they haven't capitalized on a well, lot of Well, not chances. to jump around, because I think we were still on the rotation, but I mean, the fact is, last night was a, a prime example, probably the primest of examples, but you could pick a game, where two guys 
did well and the rest of the lineup did squat. Right. That's what happened. Yeah. And, you know, the two, the $50 million twins, right? Uh, Eric Hosmer at 20 and, and Machado at 30 got all of their hits. Right. Machado, or, uh, Hosmer had three singles. Two of them beat the shift. One of them was a bunt and, and uh, allowed a double by Machado. And that was it. Now, Maeda's good. He really right. is. Now, blah, you know, we don't need to keep talking about how good the Dodgers are. And the but, night before, I think, was Machado and Reyes Machado that did Reyes. all the damage, That's it. right? So it's yeah. been like two. I went through. I've gone through. Just make sure. Am I out of my mind? And it's it's Greg Garcia and Machado. It's Machado and Reyes. It's Hosmer and Greg Garcia. I love Greg Garcia, but that should not be the guy carrying <laughs> right, your team. Right. Or you got a little problem. Yeah. Um, who else? Lauer, we talked about a little bit. Needs to be better. Yeah, gosh, it's, you know what's bad there, and I'm going to write about it tonight because it's Lauer on uh, Thursday as we tape this and, and Lucchese on Friday. Right, right. Uh, it's a Lauer-Lucchese kind of uh, feature coming out of uh, tonight because these are the two guys that they said, you're our workhorses this year, guys, and they haven't been. And the, the, the scary thing to, to them would be that Lauer is actually a better pitcher, but his results are worse. Uh-huh. So what's happening? When's he going to fix it? Your eight starts in, man. Time to go more than five. Time to not get blown up. Throw out Coors Field if you want. It was a disaster. Right. I can't say the word that Eric said it was. It was actually pretty funny. He like you know, it's kind of sad actually. But anyway, <laughs> so Lucchese needs to you know, hey, that was a really good start. Can he? Here's something you don't say about pitchers uh, very often. Can that guy be good anywhere but Coors Field? Right. No. Uh, so there, there's hopefulness there. And then Margavichis is what what, what he is. I, I really believe that uh, you know he could be an innings eater for you. Probably not a guy who's going to be in your rotation when you're really good. Right. Um, so the issue this year, Jay, is where are you finding 130 to 150 innings? And I've got some answers if you want them. What do you got? So besides Dallas Keuchel, who would probably eat up all of them, <laughs> and I think makes a lot of sense, and we'll see here in a couple weeks. But uh, you're going to start seeing guys like, is it's uh, again, I did the Trevor Williamson butcher. Uh, Andres Munoz, uh-huh. uh, the kid throwing like 104. Right, right. I really believe that in a month you're going to see him up. Okay, so there's some high leverage innings. Miguel Diaz is going to come up, eat two or three innings at a time. If Robert Stock can get his stuff together, two or three innings at a time. Uh, you're going to see Logan Allen. You're going to see Cal Quantrill. So you got Logan Allen and Cal Quantrill filling in for starts. You become a six-man rotation most of the time, probably. Are we going to see one of those guys this weekend? Uh, We're going to see probably Cal Quantrill. He started on Sunday. Okay. Okay, so so be a week later. And, you know, the Padres have, starting on Monday, it was 34 games in 37 days. Or it started on Tuesday at the Dodger Stadium. Okay. It was 34 and 37. So it's 32 in the next 35 days. Um, And so we're going to see more of that. You're going to see starts from Logan Allen and Cal Quantrill at some point, almost assuredly. And then... Perhaps some of those bullpen games. What if Luis Perdomo could come up and give you two and and uh, Robert Stock and or Miguel Diaz? But they just need to start filling days. No, that makes sense. I mean, I'm looking at schedule. They'll they'll be okay. Got an, uh, the next two Thursdays are off after after today as they go back and forth across uh, across the country before Toronto and after New York, right? right? Yep. And then, but then there's a stretch. They come home and and play ten straight. Uh, at home, have a day off, and then play another like eight straight. So there's going to be stretches there where you're going to need to see uh, see pitchers. Uh, bullpen, Kirby Yates, we talked about a little bit the other day. He's been excellent. Uh, gave up a couple runs against the Dodgers, obviously, but guys are going to give up runs. It happens. You just hope it's not in and you know, situations like that. The last two but, nights, the Dodgers threatened against the bullpen but didn't score. Yeah. No, but, they were. Hey. Yeah, they were, they were better. I mean, you know, losing Wingenter is, has hurt. Because uh, he was pitching well, Stammen's been pretty well. You got to worry about him, you know, being a little older and wearing and wearing down a little yeah. bit. Uh, and then they're going to need to find guys that you know. Phil Maton last night pitched well. 
Phil Maton in other outings hasn't pitched well. I, I mean, will that, say this. And again, hey, look, a good reliever, does it doesn't happen, right? But did you happen to see the pitch Nolan Arenado hit the bases clearing triple? Was it a triple or a double? Whatever it was. In, right. in, uh, in Coors Field, once yeah. they cleared the bases, all right? It was like two feet outside. It was like Nolan Arenado's like, I'm over three tonight. This can't happen. See you, Phil. And, right. uh, you know, reaches out, puts a double down the line. I'm amazed sometimes at the pitches guys yeah. hit where you go, that was a pretty good pitch. I, I can't believe he got a uh, he got a hit. So I just wanted to say yeah. that to say, you know, look, Phil is not your high leverage guy, okay? But sometimes <laughs> the hitters are good. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, let's go to the offense. I, I, uh-huh. I, I took notes position by position here. Oh, boy. Uh, I started at first base. Hosmer's numbers right now, and obviously it's just a snapshot after 43 games, his numbers right now are really in line with his career numbers. Uh, his on-base percentage is just a little bit low, but his adjusted OPS is something like 112. I think his career number is like 111 uh, at this point. So he's right in line that. Uh, his defensive numbers, again, this is according to baseball reference, his defensive numbers are horrible. He is as bad defensively, again, according to def- according to the numbers, and I know there's anecdotal evidence that maybe suggests otherwise, but his numbers are as bad defensively as Fran Mil Reyes. And okay. that's something you would not expect to hear. And maybe, and again, I don't know how the numbers are figured. I don't know how much to believe in defensive numbers. Yeah. But he is not as good defensively as I think sometimes we are. We were led to believe that he was going to be. I think he's, he's not a, Manny Machado. I think he's a metric to fire. Well, he's at first base. Well, well, I, I, here's the deal. I feel like there have been some plays Eric should have made this year. He may have cost him a game, you know, that, that you would say, hey, wait, are you our gold glove first baseman? Right? Right. He's a metric to fire. He, he does things that, look, he doesn't have range. He's at first base. Yeah. <laughs> he would tell you that. I was like, right. I play first base. Right. You know, so, so. Again, offensively, though, he's shown a lot better. Goes the other way a lot. Seen those bunts now that have come up in clutch situations where he's not afraid. He's not afraid to do that. My first thought last night was I'd almost rather see him try. And this was talked about on the broadcast because Mark Grant said, hey, maybe Hosmer should drop one of those bunts down. And Orsillo said, which is what I was thinking, boy, I don't know. He's the tying run. Maybe you try to hit one out of the ballpark. But his, I don't know, his stroke facing Kenley yeah. Jansen with that ball bearing in on you, I'm not sure Hosmer had much of a chance to hit a home run. It was almost Besides better. who was coming up. Right. It was almost better at that point. If he gets on base and you set it up for Hunter Renfro, maybe that's not the worst thing in the world. So uh, offensively, Hosmer has been much has been better this year. Uh, we can get into whether he's worth all the money, whatever. They paid him that money. He, he's producing more this year. There you go. Just like the only argument last year was he wasn't producing last year. Right. So then all you say now, he is producing, he is producing. this year. Speaking of producing or not producing, we'll go to second base. Are you, I was going to say, are you going to go in order? <laughs> yeah, we're going to go to second base. Look, I, I think you and I have been as patient with Ian Kinsler as anybody short of the organization that's not in the organization. But I, I no longer understand why Ian Kinsler is on this team. Okay, so let me ask you this, because that anybody knows what you're talking about. Right. What is the solution? Well, because I would say I agree with you. Where is where is Luis Urias at this point? They do not believe that he's ready, and since he's the future, if you bring him Mm -hmm. up and he tanks again, he looks lost again. Then what is happening? Right. My question again and again and again to several people has been, when is it he's spinning his wheels? And my answer the other day finally was that yeah. 
So I'm thinking it's imminent. Okay. <laughs> so like, like that is a conversation they're having every day. So we're not seeing exactly what we want to see from him and his approach quality at bats down there mm-hmm. because you or I are going to get a couple hits in the Pacific Coast League, right. especially in certain venues, right? We're going to put out our bat. It's going to hit the ball, and it's going to fly over first base. Well, we'll get to some <laughs> of that when we get to third base. Right. So they're not seeing what they want to see yet. But at some point, what more can the guy do in AAA? Right. Get him up here and, and you know, sink or swim or whatever if this is who you thought he was. Now, I got to tell you, they never thought this guy was anywhere near Fernando Tatis Jr., Right. He just happens right. to be their second-ranked position yeah. prospect. What I guess, the, okay, I'll play devil's advocate. Yeah. Greg Garcia, been very good against right-handers, getting all, seems to be getting all the starts now against right-handers. Yeah. He's not very good against lefties. Is he any worse than Kinsler against lefties at this point in the way that what we've seen out of... Okay. Kinsler had the one stretch for about a week where he... He did well. He hit a, he hit what three home runs? I think in that. Uh, well, and I think he was what time. he was like a. Th- I think it was seven for twenty seven in the first five six games. Might have been nine for whatever nine for twenty seven. Yeah, correct. something like that. And he drove in some runs. And right. It was big. No, he was producing. So he's not Chase Headley of right. last year. Right. But yes. Okay. So Greg Garcia has had like four stretches in his career where he's played most games in a two to three week period. What happens to a player when he's no longer hitting 380, uh, you know, getting on base at 410 clip against um, righties because now he's struggling against lefties and he's playing every day. So Greg Garcia is not your answer, but Greg Garcia, Luis Urias or something like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And at the same time, if you bring up Urias, do you really want him platooning? Because exactly. that, I, yes. I mean, I, I don't see that being nope. the case. If they bring him up, they need to commit to putting him out there, but they need to be sure. I mean, Urias was look, he was bad when he was here. I mean, it he was, wasn't it was great kind of, last year. No, and it was kind of shockingly bad yes. to watch him this year. And I, I don't, I mean, the, the people that we hear too much from, uh, you know, sometimes will say, hey, well, he didn't get to play every day. Well, he didn't deserve to play every day because he looked lost this wasn't, at um, the plate. This was not a guy who looked like he belonged. You. And you know, so I understood completely where it was like, whoa, we can't just throw this guy out there and let him get and let him strike out four times a game because he just looked lost. Now, when he comes back, I understand the the hesitancy then because you want him to come back and be ready. But I, I just it's it's so and again, it's frustrating watching Kinsler because there's just nothing that he's offering at this point, uh, even defensively. I don't even think he's been very good. Well, he hasn't been spectacular, but he's better than Greg Garcia. That's I just want to yeah. say that, but I don't know that that's worth it. Yeah, I, I exactly. I don't think I'm arguing. Exactly. Now, I want to say this. And I'm not trying to – look, I know Kinsler is the easiest target in the world. There are people out there who believe that if the Padres got rid of Ian Kinsler and Andy Green, they would be 162. Because Hedges and, and Myers and, and Margot would start hitting better. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Must be contagious. I mean, I mean I, By the way, I, I made a note. The, the Padres have – we can get to this at the outf- when with outfielder. Not one Padre outfielder. They have four that they rotate. Not one has an on-base percentage of 300. I mean, that's just awful. They talked about we have to be better getting on base. They don't have one guy in the outfield 300. Then you throw in the catcher, who isn't hitting at all. And then you throw in second base, not hitting at all. And then you throw in third base, since Machado has to play short with, until Tatis gets back. Third base, not hitting at all. What you're down to? You're down to you know Hosmer and and Machado are the only guys that that are getting on base at a at a reasonable clip. Now Reyes and Renfro will hit home runs at least, um, but these other guys just haven't 
done anything. And so it's it's comical sometimes to see that Ian Kinsler, getting rid of Ian Kinsler is the answer to everything. And I understand people are tired of watching him play, but he's not the reason the Padres are losing games against the Dodgers and the Rockies. Right. In fact, if Will Myers were hitting, and this is look, this is just an explanation, not like, ooh, let's, you know, Ian Kinsler. Um, as a matter of fact, like one person in the organization, when I bugged them again about Urias the other day, they said, what is this, 2018? Because I was all right. over him last year right. about it. I really, I want to see this kid as much as anyone because he's supposed to be the second baseman of the future. Let's find out all that. But if Will Myers was producing at all, right. if Hedges were producing just even a little bit more, Ian Kinsler wouldn't be as glaring. Now, there always has to be someone for us to focus on, sure. and it would be him. Yeah. Man, this yeah. yeah. I right. mean, Manuel Margot has not been good. I don't think he's been great defensively. He's not been good at all offensively. You never see anybody say, "Boy, Margot's terrible." Why is he still on this team? Why does Andy Green play Margot? It's it's just he Kinsler is the whipping boy. For because the most, Jose Pirella is in El Paso, per, right? <laughs> and he got and, and he you got, know what? Eight million dollars, right? And he got eight million dollars. <laughs> although I don't see that that's a big. I don't think that's keeping them from doing no. anything. Um, I don't blame people. Again, I don't blame people for being frustrated with Kinsler. I think anyone who watches the team would be. But the idea that he's the reason they're losing games is just seems to be terribly inaccurate when there are so many other guys who are not producing offensively. He, the way it's been explained to me, and believe me, I've been talked to about this, Kinsler's not being DFA'd. Now, something could change. Right. They could discover, hey, we thought his bat was going to come around. It's mid-June, and it's not. We have to move on. Right. But at this point, their explanation is, we brought this guy in to be a backup. Luis Urias was supposed to be here playing better. Ian Kinsler's filling in for us when he he wasn't supposed to be doing this this long. It was supposed to be for 16 days, remember? The original plan? Yeah, exactly. Tatis, okay? Sure. So here he is. He's doing something he's not being asked to, which is why Jose Pirella was so loathed, mm-hmm. you know, because he was being doing uh, he was doing something that like he shouldn't have been doing, playing every day. So anyway, yes, that's it's not Ian Kinsler's fault. Ian Kinsler is not good. It's not his fault that Padres are not hitting. Right. As a team. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Um, okay. Shortstop Tatis was fantastic. It's hurt that he's how long has he been out now? Uh, 15 games. 15 now. games. Okay. Yeah. Any signs that There's he's... six and nine. Okay. Any signs that it's close? Supposedly early next week. Uh, you know what? Maybe they're trying to make sure that he's healthy for his reunion with his buddy Vlad Jr. <laughs> in Toronto. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's, it's really something I've, I'm to the point where I'm trying to figure out though. I'm not exactly sure that it's that important. What exactly is this extra carefulness? Mm-hmm. Because it certainly looks like if you see the videos, if you see him in person, he looks fine. He looks fine. Yeah. But they haven't even pushed him to the hundred percent running portion. Right. Then he needs a couple days to play, you know, to get his six at bats and extended spring training. Sure. Then they say, well, does he need to go to Elsinore? And so if they say no, then hey, he could play Monday. Right. If they say yes, he's not playing until Wednesday. And just so people know, it's not a service time issue. It is not. It, uh, He's getting service time. Injured list does not have anything to do with it. you got to be down for 20 days, and that is actually optioned down and, you know. Right. So. Okay. So. Um, Neither is Urias. Right. It's just and not. Th- and then third base, Machado, fantastic defensively. 
that seems to be coming around now. And again, this is a guy when when you look at the at, at his numbers, his adjusted OPS is right in line with his career numbers. And a lot of that's based on how he pummeled the Dodgers over the past week or so. But and he has to you know do that against other teams. But he's he's come around. He's been really good at third base. He's been really good at shortstop. I don't think anybody. I I can't think of one time where you could where anybody could say he wasn't playing hard. He was. I got an email the other day. Really, of course. And uh, not to be a stereotype, you know, I don't want to stereotype here, but generally emailers oftentimes maybe are a little more old school, mm-hmm. shall we say? Mm-hmm. Didn't like that error that he made. Uh, he was too nonchalant. <laughs> and my reply was that I see if that's the only play that you saw of Manny Machado's where you would say that exact thing. Right. But I'm already, if you're watching the team, you, I try to be as polite as I could, Jay, because you know that's who I am. Of course. Uh, you know, you've seen him do that and make brilliant plays he a throws lot of times. That. That's how he throws. The reply was, I saw something I didn't like. Thank you. Okay, okay. That, fine. Yeah, fine. <laughs> anyway, I think, you know, a few more hits would be nice. Uh-huh. I, I'm sure they would take. But I think in general, Machado has been, has lived up to what he's supposed to be. And he has not been an issue at all from what I can tell. Uh, for in the clubhouse or on the field or all this cancer stuff and hustle stuff was all a bunch of nonsense. And he goes out there and plays every day. And, you know, there's there's not many people in baseball that I'd rather watch play defense than Manny Machado. No one ever that I know of accused Eric Hosmer of not hustling. There were a few times last year where I know Eric Hosmer would have been safe had the had he run hard because the pitcher bobbled the ball. Right, right. But Eric Hosmer plays every day because sometimes on a ground ball back to first, he doesn't or back to the pitcher. You take it easy. He takes it easy. That's what Manny Machado meant by Johnny Hustle. Right. Sometimes I hate the media, Jay. <laughs> now, one of the other issues has been since Tatis went out, there was a big outcry Ty France should play. Let's play Ty France. Ty France has been terrible. I don't think there's any other way. Generally around speaking, it. he had a the... couple. I mean, his numbers. Uh, let's put it this way: his numbers are okay. terrible. Whether he's been terrible, I, I didn't break down his. Look, you he's know, only okay at third base. Right, he's only okay at third, um, and he has not been hitting, especially in the past week or so. And and as happens with guys, uh, his approach has has even suffered. I mean, a guy who is a really good hitter. Right. Has suddenly he's chasing pitches. He doesn't look comfortable up there. You know. Right. So it's starting to get to him a little bit as it does. Or it, I should say from my seat. Yeah. And he's young and he's had, I don't know, 50 plate appearances or whatever yeah. it is. Oh, yeah. But we're it, not making a, yeah. a career I'm not making a judgment that he's, that he's going to be terrible. But so far, his numbers are not are not good and does not really justify a spot in the lineup at this point other than there's really nobody else. Um until Tatis comes back. I mean, that's just sort of where they are. Um, catching, Hedges, he's great defensively. He had one stretch there where he was hitting pretty well. You wrote a story about it. And ever since then, he's been terrible. So it's all your fault. Yes. Defend yourself. Um, 
uh, one thing I would like to say to that, Jay, is because you always point that out, is there's a lot of times I write about a guy and he goes on a hot streak. So, gosh. But, no. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I, Austin Hedges, it's reached the point where he's doing so many things good and it just doesn't matter because he's hitting 159, or is it 69? 169. Yeah. And he hasn't had a home run since, like, his fourth one. He hit his third and his fourth, like, back in the early, mid-April. That I think sounds it was like back-to-back right. games. Yeah. Um, and, and hasn't had one since. And, yeah, uh, and you got to wonder, like, even if Austin Hedges went on a tear and ended up hitting 250 and got his 18 home runs, wouldn't there still and wouldn't there still be questions? Yeah, and I think 250 at this point sounds almost like well, a, a pipe he'd be hit dream. 300 the rest of the season. Yeah, then. right, right. I just um, and I, I don't need to say it anymore. I've spent hours talking about his value to this team. But there is a reason they went out and got Francisco Mejia. They couldn't have an albatross at the number in in a the number eight spot in the lineup, and they. There's well, I a think reason they that can they, if well, sure. It wasn't for the fact that sure. so many other guys weren't producing. I mean, you can look. Jeff Mathis has played in the big leagues for a long, long time, and his career average. I, I haven't looked it up lately. I'm I'm betting it's around 200, but he's so good defensively. People have found a place for him. I think you can justify hedges. As long as he's the only guy in the lineup that's not producing, and it's the only position, and it's the that only you position can do that at. exactly. But there are other positions that are not producing, which takes us to the outfield. I mentioned the on-base percentage; all four guys are under three hundred. I think Myers might be at two ninety-nine because um, of his, you know, but start. Right, and he's—I was going to say—he looked so good early, and I was thinking, man, he's going to have a big year, and he's looked so lost yeah. lately. Um, you know, Reyes and and Renfro. Great slugging percentages. Uh, they don't get on base enough, but you can live with it as long as they're going to keep hitting home runs. I think you can. I think you can live with it. Renfro's played pretty good defense. Um, I thought I all think, last year. too. Yeah, last year too. You know, Reyes. It was a nice catch he made last night. You would have liked to see him catch the ball in shallow right field. Although I'm not sure if Garcia was. Which one of those guys maybe should have had it? I wasn't there. You had a better view of it. Gosh, those are ones where I have such a hard time yeah. to say should have. Uh, Seemed like maybe both of them could have. Look, is that fair? Both of them could have. Yeah, and Ian Kinsler certainly could have. Just going to say yeah. that's all. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> anyway, uh, Reyes, he will be an on-base guy. I believe that, and mm-hmm. I know the Padres believe that. Renfro won't, but he'll. You know, you're hoping he's going to hit you as 28 bombs, right? That's at, what you're at least. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, right. At least. Yeah. Uh, so that's what that is. But wow, Will Myers. And Manuel Margot, the center field combo, it's troublesome. It is. I mean, neither one, neither one's hitting. And as I said, I don't think Margot's defense is all that great. I, I, I know there are people who think he's a really good center fielder. I've never really seen that. To me, he gets to a lot. You know, he's one of those guys that like chases balls toward the alley or toward the wall, but he misses the catch more than he makes the spectacular catch and again he's not a bad center fielder I and mean, he's certainly no. the best one they have that, yes. since Jankowski's hurt but he's I, I just don't think he's as kind of as good as his reputation if that makes if that I, you makes know what, sense Jay, I think that it really does and if you watch him every day you know exactly what you're saying Jay like yeah. it's yeah you're right he struggles you just feel like he should be just a little bit better defensively than he than he is and his offense has been poor uh and you know I, I don't know I don't know what the answer is and I don't know what's I don't know what's down below and for the future or anything like that. But I, I think there's – and I don't – I've never thought Jankowski was an everyday 
uh, starter either. I've always thought he was a great fourth outfielder, one of the you know guy that you'd love to have on your roster. Absolutely. But not sure that he's ever going to be a starter. Now, what what stinks is Franchi Cordero was looking like. Yeah. Now, we haven't seen it in any stretches because of the elbow issues. Right. Different elbow issues, but same elbow, yeah. and they keep happening. It seems, it seems to be so, still a concern. So, you know, he's at least a month away. Uh, Travis, at least a month away. So, which brings me, if we could... Are you done with the position players? I believe I, I believe I've hit the uh, I've hit the end here. I'll 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 mention that they're they're last in the uh, in the league in walks. Uh, it's a and problem. They and can't work counts. And they're thirteenth in strikeouts. Uh, you know, again out of fifteen, thirteenth in on base. I can't believe there's two teams that get on base in the league <laughs> at a lower rate than than they do. I mean, the one thing that's helped they're fourth in home runs. They're eighth in slugging percentage. Well, that's that's helped them quite a bit in terms of finding just enough runs to get some of these wins in these one-run games. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, Kevin. The two lefties in the outfield being out could really change a couple games. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems that like every other night it's like, man, ran into a tough right-hander, ran into a guy who's tough on righties. Right. Your whole lineup's righties. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the Dodgers specifically moved Maeda up oh. to pitch. I mean, it was Rich Hill's, it was Rich Hill's turn. It's and they... the first time I've known that, like, for sure. But it's weird how they've run into all righties. I know it's early in the season, but dang. Yeah. They... And I don't know what we'll see. Um, I guess the, the Pirates have a hole in their rotation mm. right now because Talon is hurt. Uh, Archer just uh, Archer just pitched and, and did not pitch well uh, yesterday. So I'm not sure what we'll see uh, in terms of a, of a spot start kind of, uh, mm. kind of guy on Saturday, I think. Bet you it'll the, be a righty. Uh, I, I think is the uh, I think is the day, but um, of course they're not know, hitting lefties great. But you figure that's going to come around. Yeah, you would you would hope so. But I mean, they're going to see you know Williams is a righty, Lyles is a righty, Musgrove's a righty. So that's at least three <laughs> righties over the weekend. Uh, and I haven't looked at Arizona's rotation. You know, Mejia week, can but. give you that. You know, he can give you that from the left side. It's uh, but and and you know I think that's possible that you know. Once it's out that he's hurt, then people in the organization are really quick to tell you how hurt he was uh, and that it was affecting <laughs> yeah. him. But up to that point, they're leaving the guy out to dry like, wow, he sucks. Well, actually, his knee was you – know, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, hey, it's possible Mejia could come back and hit like he was in spring training. I don't know. Right. So, yeah, I'm that not, would help. Uh, I'm not sure. Because you go from there, and then all of a sudden you're you're platooning. And, and you know what? If you watch this team every day, just one little thing could make a difference. And just one little hit here. And, and there are times that they, they have done that. It has been contagious. This guy gets on, and then this guy hits a sure. double, and now it's contagious the other way. Well, anyway. we will see what happens this weekend with four mm. against uh, uh, lesser opposition. And then the Diamondbacks come. They've been facing, and then and then the Diamondbacks, who have been better than I think people expected, will be here, and we'll talk about that on uh, on Monday. I, I you'll probably be back on the phone again, but this was this was fun sure was. fun while it lasted. To uh, to sit across from you and and talk for quite a while and hope everyone enjoyed it and thanks for listening everyone have a good weekend we'll do this again at uh, the all-star break sounds great all right thank you guys